Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of An Apotheosis of a Bombast, brought to you from America and England. I'm Scott, and with me is, as always, Elton McManus. Elton, how are you today? I'm fine. I've got my phases on stun, ready to <laughs> blast anyone who, dis- who disagrees with me. That seems to be the way things are with the Star Trek movie, but we'll get back to that shortly. So here we are, episode 16, continue to move forward. We've had uh, the big Star Trek reboot coming up is the Land of the Lost movie, uh, Terminator sequel. It's a big big movie summer. We'll have to uh, do maybe an end of summer movie review. Hmm. As we get ready to record here, you guys won't get this episode until later, but we've got the Lost season finale, the Fringe season finale, a couple other events on the horizon. But being a podcast, we need to talk about the past the things that have happened in <laughs> in our lives over the last week, things that we all have as a common common basis of experience. Podcasting. That's right. That's exactly it. We have a new phenomenon. I, I hereby <laughs> trademark that term here and now. Picture a little tiny TM if you live in America, and I don't know what they put for other countries. Yes, yeah, trademark, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Do they put a little TM or a little yeah, C in a circle? And a little stuff? C in a circle or R in a circle or TM. Yeah. Oh. You know, those things have names, those kind of things. There's a little A in a circle, which I'm not sure what that's called. The, like, at. Yeah. You know, the, but it's not called at. It's got a name, that thing. Isn't and it? A little copyright symbol. Ampersand. I see now. I was going to say that. That's what I thought. But isn't the ampersand that funky looking cursive and symbol? Looks like a cursive S. Oh, so you mean, yeah. Shift seven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> shift seven. If I went to my kids and I said, Jay, do you know what that's called? He'd go, yeah, dad, that's shift two. But yeah, those things have names. I'm, I'm not sure what they are. So if anyone wants to, there's probably a link somewhere that tells us what they all are. What are the names given, you know, when you sign into a forum or, or you sign for a, a credit card or anything like that? And right. you, you have to type the, either two words uh, in at the oh. bottom. They're like siphon yeah. thingamajiggies. Yes, there, there's a name for it. And this morning I saw a website of the most unfortunate things of those. So give me two seconds to find it because I bookmarked it. Okay. Um, I, I've used them a couple of times. And when instead of doing the, the letters and the numbers, sometimes they have the words. And I think that's a great way of actually coming up with band names. Because you do end up with like Turtlefish or... Yeah. Long-haired snail, or... Um, there's a name for that. Oh. Mighty Doves. Unfortunate town names. Lost Skippy, and stuff like that. That's what I'd had, so... I always thought, yeah, well, if I had a band again, then yeah, I'd go through one of them ciphers and pick off a name from that. I think cipher might be what it is called, but that's... No, there's another name for it. I swear there is. I will find it. One second. The most unfortunate... I, it's so funny you say that because I just looked at it, and of course I can't find it. But it's, I'm I'm not dropping it. You can edit this out. Yeah, it'll all be chopped and pasted, and to make me sound great. I'm not gonna cut any of this out. I'm just gonna have a ticking clock. Tick. tick and you feel the music in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
15 meanest CAPTCHAs ever. The one I saw earlier today was an actual um, series of, of ones, just like the link I sent you before. Yeah. Let me take one more chance at it. Now that I know what it's called. C-A-P-T-C-H-A. Ridiculous CAPTCHAs. But anyway, what were we talking about that this came up? What, mm. what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Holy crap. Star Trek. <laughs> then we moved on to... I can't... Oh my god. It must have been something similar because you thought of this. Oh, so it's my fault now. Okay, fine. No, no, I'm just saying it must have been <laughs> related to that, but I can't think of what it was. This portion of the podcast has been edited for your listening pleasure. <laughs> and that's how that's all connected. So, you know, they we're all set. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm I'm really <laughs> glad. Oh, I bet you're really glad I brought that up as well. Anyway, yeah, they would. Uh, with these captures, um, you can make some great band names come up. When they have like two, you need two words to come up, and then you can make a band name out of it. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you're really glad I came up with that now. <laughs> it was good. It was a good uh, couple minutes. It's a shame that our uh, listeners didn't get to hear the entire discussion, but those of you who are premium subscribers use your secret code and enter it in on the website and you will get our uh, private content just for our premium members. Oh, that's how we were talking about symbols. The crazy symbols and the funny names there are for ampersands. And it seems so long ago now. <laughs> I, think, I think that was in episode uh, 12. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yes, we trademarked the term podcasting and all derivatives of it. That would be podcast. Uh, those of you who take a foreign language, there's podpasto, podpastas, podpasta, podpastamos, podpastais, podpasti, and podpastan. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we have a um, couple things for you guys today. Our usual format, our little bit of a venting session, some news of the weird, and some links for you. So, I, Elton, I think it's your turn to go first. Do you have anything on your mind you'd like to share, a little experience of your past week? I have a little story for you. It was the week before my birthday. I was driving down a single carriage lane, but it was national speed limit, so you're allowed to go 60 miles an hour on this. Okay. And I was going to another job during the day, minding my own business, enjoying the sun, and... I was probably about four or five car lengths behind a van in front of me. There was, luckily enough, there was no other cars around us at all. And all of a sudden, this big metal bed fell off the van in front of me. It was it was on his roof rack, obviously not tied on. He'd forgotten forgotten to tie it on there, and it's just fallen down onto the road. And I've gone oh, slammed on my brakes, and for a split second, the thought went through my head. Shall I drive over this? And I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't. So I slammed on my 
me anchors and slammed on the hazards and stopped in the middle of this uh, road. The cars behind me saw that. After about a minute, they, they came up and stopped behind me. But the guy just carried on. Obviously, he didn't want his metal bed that fell off his roof. And so who took it off the road? I did. I, I had to stop. There was no way I could leave it on there. I threw it over the um, the crash ban- uh, barrier and carried on my joyful way. I tried to catch up with the guy and say, excuse me, you've just dropped your bed behind you <laughs> about a mile down the road. But he just didn't seem to be bothered. And he's obviously going to turn up at his destination with bedless, turn up and say, here you go, Mum. Here's a brand new bed, and it's missing from his roof rack. <laughs> but yeah, he he just carried on. Oh yeah, it was um one of these beds. It was a metal frame, and it had all the springs in it. So all you have to do is put a mattress on top of it instead of the slats that go in between. You just have to put the mattress on top of that, and then hey presto, you got a, a nice cheap bed. But yeah, do he, you think it was trash, or he was bringing it somewhere? I'm not sure if he was taking it for scrap or not, and maybe he saw it fall off. There was a couple of sparks flying around as well, but (laughs) it was quite scary. If he was in Action Hero, it would have fallen off. It would have ignited the fuel from a leak. A trail of flame would have followed him for about a quarter of a mile, (laughs) and then the car would have exploded, and you would have been escorting some beautiful woman to hide behind the trees to escape the the damage. (laughs) No, that happened the week before. Oh, that's right, that's right. But, yeah, there's, there's a guy walking around going, where's my bed? And <laughs> he just went. Obviously, he was a, a bikey or, or so. <laughs> All of a sudden, gee, the car seems to be handling much better. Yeah. Going a little faster. I don't know what happened. My my event of the week is uh, <laughs> not quite as exciting. You're familiar, of course, with the McDonald's fast food chain. Uh, no, one of I've our, never heard of that. I believe, I believe one of our listeners, um, E. Blanc, is uh, someone that from the Simply Syndicated forum and that follows follows us on Twitter. And um, I know he's got issues with his local McDonald's that he shares all the time. But uh, we have a McDonald's here, and if for some reason, I've what was I doing? I had brought my daughter to her piano lesson on Sunday. We stopped to get little something for her to eat and they have the small the standard size then they have an for an upcharge you get a bigger drink and bigger french fries and and so on and as you pull in we did the drive through and on the wall is the list of the prices for everything i was short on cash so i had kind of counted out change in the, the little dispenser and i figured out okay so five dollars 19 cents plus tax all right i'm good i swing around the bend and it's significantly more than that so i said to the lady what's isn't it uh, 519 plus tax? And she said, oh, oh no, you got a large. <laughs> really, when did I ask for that? Oh, you didn't. I just gave you one. I said, no, you, you're making me pay for one. <laughs> if you gave me one, it'd be 519 and I'd have uh, an extra large drink and such. So yeah, I I was a little put off. She got the manager. Manager came and said, oh, sir, it's like a 75 cent difference. So it just... We'll switch it out. But it took a little while, and I just kind of left thinking, that was kind of shady. Maybe it was on purpose, but I thought probably it's just this girl's clueless what she's doing. So, Well, a lot of people hand over um, notes just to pay for their meal, don't they? Yeah. I'm sure that a lot of people would have gone and just not have scrutinized it. I wouldn't have even scrutinized it so much if I wasn't counting the coins 
<laughs> we all right, Jackie. We have enough for you to get this, this, or this. Which one do you want? So I knew I only had X amount of dollars, so I had I had planned accordingly. But two days later, Jay has his piano lesson, and he's looking to get something to eat. So we stop by, and he's a little more cooperative. We order from the value menu, which is everything on it is one dollar, and so they have uh, you know drink, French fries, and they have what's at ninety percent of McDonald's. It's a double cheeseburger. It's two pieces of meat, two pieces of cheese and bread. And uh, he's happy with that. So I order it. That's a dollar, right? So I go around the bend. Again, significantly more. <laughs> so I say, excuse me, isn't that on your menu, the, the double cheeseburger? And the guy said, oh, no, that's the McDouble, which is on the double, which is on the menu. What's a McDouble? I've never, ever heard of a McDouble before. McDouble, never. A McDouble. A McDouble is... Two pieces of meat, one piece of cheese, and your bread. And I see, so the difference is one piece of cheese. Uh, yeah, sir. And that's a dollar twenty more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one piece of cheese. So that now I know that's perfectly that that's intentionally trying to like hustle people. Yeah. And I've never seen a McDouble anywhere else. You should bring your own cheese next time. I should. I'll sit there and I'll sell you a piece of cheese. I'll go in the restaurant. Cheese, 10 cents for a piece of cheese. Who wants you? <laughs> I'm taking money away from the man. But I I was shocked. And then, uh, so he went to get the manager. I didn't really care at that point. Just like you said, I just was going to pay the money and just get out of there. But the manager came and it, it was a different manager. So I don't know if the manager from two days prior had been fired mm-hmm. or been relocated to some uh, obscure, like, you know, you've been sent to the cold tundra of, <laughs> like in, um, what's it called? Hogan's Heroes. When you were bad, you'd get sent to the Russian front. Banished. We are sending you to the downtown New York City uh, late shift management for your error. And you'll do drive through for the rest of your life. That's right. I felt bad. I felt bad about the other thing, but then this I was kind of pissed. But anyway, I, it's not like I got my money back because <laughs> I already had the burger and I couldn't give back the cheese. So therefore, I was forced to pay double for my double. That's a lot of doubles. Pay twice as much for my double cheeseburger. Wow! But next time I will be checking. So that's a word of caution to all of you McDonald's patrons: check the value menu. It's a McDouble at certain things if you. Amanda used to work in um, a drive-through McDonald's uh, yeah. just after she left college, and she used to dish out lots of free stuff. And but she used to get lots of chavs driving through on their cars and asking her for all inappropriate stuff. Which yeah. Did she ever get flashed? Anybody come and lift their top? No, pants? no. But <laughs> someone asked her for a hairy donut, and she stood uh... there going, "We don't serve them." <laughs> You want the brothel down the street. Yes. It's also open late night. You can go there. That was awesome when she came home and told me that, though. I don't know. Well, I, I did do one other thing. I went to see Star Trek last week. That probably should have been my lead story, huh? No, it's not important. No one's able <laughs> to you, go see that. What did you do last week? Uh, I had a burger. Oh, and by the way, I saw Star Trek. <laughs> Okay, right then. I'll ask you the questions on this. Did it live right. up to the hype? It's a good movie. <laughs> you ask me questions, I'll answer questions I want to answer. Okay. 
Um, it's a good movie, and it's it's. I would say go see it. I I don't feel any need to go and see it twice though. Is it a total reboot, or is it a continuation, or did it go in a direction you didn't like at all? I would say it's. See, I want to figure out a good way to phrase it. I certainly don't want to spoil it for anyone, but although most people have probably seen it by the time they listen. I think most um, people have seen it two or three times. Yeah, probably. All right, well, I think everybody knows, or or it's not spoilery to say, that this is not the story of James T. Kirk, blank, blank Spock, and uh, Mr. Montgomery Scott, etc., from the television show. It is not those characters. It's um so in in senses is it a reboot? It is it is an alternate version of those characters and their story. Okay. And it's it's an it reminded me of the Mission Impossible movies in the how actiony it was. You know, people are going to hate me for this. You're going to have to selectively censor my <laughs> my review. But um, it was a good movie. I don't think it had to be Kirk, Spock, and Scott. I think it could have been a Star Trek movie because this was Star Trekky. This it was the ship. It was that atmosphere. It was that culture. It was that style of a story at its core. But it was. Um, it didn't have to be those characters with those names. You could have had the exact same plot and had it be the adventures of Captain Smith. First Officer McManus, Engineer Copperman, and it would have been uh, the same story. It would have been a science fiction Star Trek movie about the crew of a starship because I just, I don't know. To me, all the Star Trek shows have their cast makeups. You have the Captain Kirk, Commander Riker, other character y kind of like swarmy kind of on the prowl into the ladies very confident very uh macho you have your non-human mr spock uh, tuvok data who's has a hard time fitting in because usually they have emotional issues you have your technophobes you, you have certain character qualities and you know we had star trek we had the next generation we had voyager each of them had these types of characters and and this movie had those types of characters too it just happened to reuse names yeah so i would say see it i'm sure a lot of people love it i thought it was a good movie but i'm ready for the next i'm ready for terminator and um i'm looking forward uh, to terminator uh, actually yeah i think it looks pretty good Mm. i've seen uh, a couple of the clips for it and yeah it looks quite tasty to be honest let me ask you go on in all right so we have hit me we have the Star Trek movie, and let's let's say that it is uh, supposed to be a prequel. Let's say it it is supposed to be the story of Kirk, Spock, etc. When they're younger, obviously played by different characters, uh, different actors, because the original actors are so old now. And then we have Terminator, which is the story of um, John Connor, who we've met. John Connor, we've seen him as uh, we've actually seen him as an adult in the first Terminator movie when he sends the guy back in time but then we've seen him as a a young boy we've seen him as a teen yeah and a young in the one with the lady terminator 
how old was he in that? I haven't watched that one. That's the third one, isn't it? And yeah. I, I didn't bother with that one. That's worth watching. That's worth watching when you're in the mood for just explosions and, you know, the same as you'd watch a lot of action movies just to kind of let an hour and a half go by quickly. You know, it's not the kind of movie that you sit there and it eats away at you that they've uh, not held the cannon and such. Yeah, just basic uh, easy TV eye candy, yeah. really. Yeah, I and, mean, th- you know, ooh, big gun versus bigger gun, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, in that sense, that's worth watching. But anyway, so we've seen John Connor, all these different incarnations. And so here we have Terminator 4, where Christian Bale plays John Connor. And uh, I I don't know, it gets a different reaction. And I understand it's not, John Connor's not as iconic a character. The Terminator, though, that's an iconic character. We've seen the Terminator portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we've seen it portrayed by other people, too. I don't... But it's not really a prequel, though, is it? That's the thing. And it's not a, a reboot of the franchise. I think it's the story that everyone wanted to see. Because every time you watch uh, the first Terminator film, you're always very intrigued with the, the action going on in the future. And you never really get to see that. And a lot of people really, really want to see that story. Yeah. But I wonder, though, and I don't know much about the movie uh, other than what I've seen in the trailers, but you would think that... If this is the story of, of uh, well, you said it's not a prequel, but it's of the events that led to the first Terminator movie. Is that what you think it is? Kind of the, the man versus machine war that sparks the need to send back someone to stop the Terminator and someone to go back and kill Sarah Connor? I'm not sure where it's set. Is is it? Would it be set before he sent this guy back or or after he sent this guy back? I don't know. Because my question was going to be, well, how does the movie have to end then? Because... Mankind wins uh, through. Well, yeah, my first thought was that it was going to have to end with the sending of the soldier back to stop the Terminator. Right. But in theory, if he... Because he stopped the Terminator, it was supposed to be that he prevented that from ever happening. But then, spoiler alert, in Terminator 2, the idea is that somehow time course corrected itself and the the machines end up taking over anyway. Because a scientist ends up... No, the first one was about um, stopping the machine from killing Sarah Connor, wasn't it? It wasn't anything to do with Skynet or anything like that at all. It wasn't uh, trying to stop anything before it actually happened. It was just trying to stop the Terminator from destroying Sarah Connor before she had John Connor. That was all the premise of the story was about. The second one was about the Skynet and... They found an arm and a chip and rebuilt everything from there. Right, but Skynet wasn't introduced in the first one? That wasn't... They weren't explained as the one... It it was mentioned, but the whole idea of it wasn't to remove Skynet from the future at all. It was just to solely preserve Sarah Connor's life. Okay, so it wasn't that John Connor had stopped them and so they were going back to prevent him from stopping them. It's just that John Connor was a thorn in their side. Yeah, he, he was so the leader. eliminate him as a pest. Yeah, he was the leader of the uh, the rebels, or the human race. He was right. their okay. shining light. That's it. He's been typecast. Christian Bale, his career's over. Do you think he has now, as the no. action hero? No, I, I think he's probably in good shape. I don't know if there's too many... You know, what male actors in... Um, in that age range, are they really out there right now? 
There's not many now, is there? No, I can't really think of some. So you're going to make, let's think of a franchise that you're going to, or a character you're going to make a movie about. Well, let, let's take, for example, Superman. So if they decided they were going to redo Superman, you figure you're going to want like a 30-year-old action star. You can't use Bale because he's Batman. Yep. So who who really is out there that's... Zach Efron. He's like, isn't he like 20? Oh. Um, Buff. Sheila Beth. Charlie Yeah, Beth. well that's that's who they're using, but he's not he's not an action star. And uh Hayden what's who's the guy who was Anakin Skywalker? He's been in nothing other than jumpers. I nearly said Hayden Bloom then. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you Hayden Bloom. I don't know, I can't. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, Hayden Christensen. He's not a oh he, he's rubbish. No, but I mean if you think of guys who um have been in an action kind of movie, and they're, they're kind of at that age. You can't use the guy who's Harry Potter. He's even though he's in uh, some play here where he uh, he gets naked. Yeah, yeah. Still I've not a stud. That, yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, the new Captain Kirk. I mean, he's kind of in the age bracket. Won't he be typecast now and? He won't be able to do any other spacey sort of stuff without it all being linked back to Star Trek. Because he, he's now considered, um, I don't, don't want to say cannon fodder, but he's now considered part of that, uh, what's the word of it? Yeah, I know what you mean, a franchise. He's he's in the, that's his character if it's a sci-fi kind of thing. Yeah, he's part of that franchise now and that's it. He's embedded into that. But now, like Kirk seemed to kind of embrace that eventually he played almost every character as if he was Captain Kirk and he's in the airplane movie and he's the air traffic controller on airplane 2 um, on the moon base Oh, airplane. oh not the first one the second one where he's gonna land the shuttle on the moon that's not the spoofy one though is it yeah that's the the first first one is the airplane it, airplane where they spoof the old airport movies and then the second one I speak jive yeah, it's a continuation of that. He escapes from a mental institution, and he commands the shuttle, and uh, they have to land it on the moon. And the shuttle air traffic controller is William Shatner. Really? Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that for so long. I have to dig that out now. But he plays it kind of like a Kirk personality. Yeah. But you're probably right. I can't think of any. Um, I can't think of people who really go f- from one franchise to another. Oh, I've got one for you. Um, what's his name? Ba 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 ba. Donnie Darko guy. Jake Gillen, Gillen, Gillenhall. Oh yeah. He could fit in there. He, he did Jarhead, and that was quite a good movie. He's gonna be the new Spider-Man, isn't he? Is he? They're doing that again already. Yeah, to- Toby Maguire's out. Okay. And I think he's the one they decided looked enough like him. Hopefully, be a lot darker. All right, well, that was a digression. But yes, I saw the movie, and I enjoyed it. I don't love it. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen. But then, yeah, I'm not that kind of person either. There's Anytime Hoosiers comes on, I'll watch that. There's other movies, you know, can't think of other movies off the top of my head, but there are movies that whenever they come on TV or if they're re-released, i got to go and see it. But this one, one viewing was good. I took my son uh, the preview night on Thursday night. Did he enjoy it? He, he enjoyed it. But then he came home and he played with the Star Wars stuff. 
the big thing, he wore his uh, Star Trek shirt, which I bought him a while, about a year or two ago. Yeah. And he has a game where, I forget what it's called, Star Trek Tactical Missions for the Nintendo DS, which I had gotten him a long time ago, too. So he started playing that, but he plays as a Romulan. He, he has a, he thinks they're the coolest ships. He, not aesthetically. He likes the look of the uh, Enterprise and the other ships that are in there. But he thinks that the Romulan Dreadnought in there has the best weapons and shields and things like that. So what's missing from that is with Star Trek and Superman and Batman, and he was Spider-Man for Halloween. He identified with the characters. He wanted to be like them. He wanted to, before we bought the toy lightsaber, he was taking the uh, wrapping paper rolls and playing lightsaber with it and such. Yeah. I that didn't that. He liked the movie and uh, he talked to his friends about it a little bit, but if he plays anything, he plays original characters in his mind. And, yeah. And he really didn't play it. He just plays the video game, which has the old school ships and stuff in it. It was good. It's time to move on. Send your hate mail if you want, but uh, I hope you respect my opinion. It was a good movie. I, I don't dislike it. Just, you know, Oh, well, you you got your opinion out there now, so... Yeah. I'm on the record. I, I don't understand why it's viewed as such a an okay thing to sit there and say, like, well, I don't know anything about the the uh, material I'm going to work with. Like, it happened on Lost that... Um, oh, what, with uh, JJ saying that he's not a, a Star Trek fan? Well, or just the actors. How many of the actors say, like, I've never seen the original series? I don't, I'm not saying you have to be, like, a diehard fan... But you should at least be familiar with the material. Well, I'm sure they've done their research on it, but that's probably after they've got the gig for it. There's, yeah, well, there's no need watching you know two or three seasons of something that you're not actually going to be signed up for. So I can understand that. And they're at an age. How old are the guys? You know, what mid twenties? Probably. Well, let's let's say you're casting the new Green Lantern movie. So you get all these actors. Some are not going to be a good fit. But say there's five you could live with. Mm-hmm. If one of them is a fan, not necessarily like wearing his, you know, he's got pictures of himself when he was eight wearing the costumes and stuff like that. But that when he reads the script, he's pronouncing the alien names right because he's somewhat familiar with them. Or at least at least there's a sense of kind of like he understands the character. He's not sitting there saying, so wait, so this guy was born on another planet or... Uh, Oh, oh, he's from Earth. Oh, okay. You know, he's somewhat familiar with the material. Yeah. I would think that that would be a, a hinging point. And similar, similarly, if someone was like, I, to be honest, I don't know anything about it. They would have to be the most phenomenal fit for the character. Like, I'm sure Christian Bale was familiar with the Terminator franchise. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I doubt that he, Spider-Man, that Tobey Maguire had never read a Spider-Man comic book. Or at least he, he knew what the character was. I don't know. I, I just think you would gravitate toward the people who, not that they're diehard, but they, they have, have a, familiarity. Yeah, they have a base of knowledge for it. Yeah, even if you're going to wipe the whole slate clean and, and start from scratch, or if you want to go completely away from it, you know, you'd want to have something to work from. But from what I understand, like I don't think Desmond on Lost had ever seen Lost before he was cast. Right. It's a little okay. different because the show was only on for a couple months. I don't think I saw season one originally. I think I saw that all on DVD too. Yeah. But I think if you were going to turn around now and cast somebody, you'd want them to at least know something about the show. 
Well, I think that's where some actors would do their research before. Obviously, if you go for a job interview, then you do a little bit of research to find out, you know, what I might actually apply in for. So there would be a, a very small basis of uh, research, but maybe not always over the top. Sometimes it's it's a bad idea to do too much research and get so involved in it and then you're, you're turned down. So, mm, okay, fair enough, so I won't do as much research next time. And that's just the way things go sometimes. Here's a perfect example. Samuel Jackson, Mace Windu in Star Wars. Yep. Lobbied for the part, right? Because he... Diehard Star Trek fan, wanted to be in Star Trek, find a home for me, give me a role. Star Wars. He embraced it. He loved it. I thought he did a good job in it. Yeah. I don't think you would want to sit there and and go cast uh, another actor who'd never been a Star Trek fan, or a Star Wars fan, excuse me. You could do that with the first Star Trek in Alec Guinness because the franchise didn't exist. But at this point... You're going to make someone the leader of the Jedi Council. You'd like it to be someone who at least is familiar with. <laughs> yes, that that puppet is your boss. And, I, uh, I personally didn't like him in the Star Wars at all. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Be- I think because of that fact, because he asked for that part to be written for him, didn't he? Or he asked to be part of Star Wars. And you mean you, re- you resented he got to be in it, or you didn't like the actual character? I don't like the way that people can say, well, I want to be in this film, can you write a part for me? And then just suddenly become part of the legend of, of the story. I, d- I don't like the way he did it. And uh, Did he ask to be killed as well? Oh, by the way, I want to be killed in a dramatic way. He's writing the bloody story. Why don't you just go off and write the story yourself? Well, all I remember is him asking, that him saying at one point he didn't want to go out in a in a weak way, and then that he was pleased with how he got to go out. No, I, I didn't like him in the films, to be honest. Ah. Just a, seemed like a fanboy, and sometimes it's not good to have fanboys in that position because they're like, yeah, I'm in my element, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I guess it's, it's tough because if you're trying to bring in new stuff, you want to have a fresh perspective. And, and maybe that's too much. Maybe he was too passionate about it, but you, I would just think it, from a practicality standpoint, you don't want to be sitting there trying to explain to these actors okay so there's this force thing that you uh you're going to be able to control some stuff mm. you can move things yes control emotions uh, it's kind of gray area you know kind of working around there and i would think it'd be more fun even making the movie to be with someone who you can kind of talk about the character a little bit so that's my week an overpriced cheeseburger and a star trek movie <laughs> so uh what else we have how about other people's weeks anything in the news you found that was interesting the world's oldest woman dies at 130 oh i know after Aww. slipping in the bathroom of the new flat that the kazakhstan government gave her to celebrate her birthday she was born in uh 1879 she was basically given a flat to say, well done for reaching the, the ripe old age of 130. And she slipped, broke her hip, and never recovered from the injuries. And died in hospital about a month later, which is quite sad. Yeah. Did it mention she, who she was survived by? Like how many generations were behind? I think she had seven children, and there's still three living. So she outlived four of her children. Okay, well let's let's assume she was 
let's say 25 or 30, 25 to 30 for each generation. So her kids five wow. generations, isn't it? Yeah, I would think. She was 10 when Hitler was born. I hope she had like the resources to have a, a pleasant life. You, you know, so many people plan to live to be 60, 70, you know, you only budget that long or you invest people retire and they start spending their life savings. I hope it wasn't a matter of where her last 20 or 30 years have been in poverty and loneliness. Well, I think they are in po- well, they were in poverty and that's why they've given her this new flat because they they found her living maybe not in slums but in mm-hmm. poor conditions, but she put her long life as they always do. Uh normally it's down to uh smoking cigars and whiskey, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. it's down to a uh, salty dried cottage cheese and ground wheat. So that's what she's been getting through in the last hundred odd years, I'd imagine. <laughs> um the year she was born, eighteen seventy nine, saw Edison present his new invention, the light bulb. How awesome is that? That is very cool. That's wicked, that's so cool. Uh, but some experts doubt her age and claim that while she was clearly very, very old, she may have exaggerated her years in Soviet times to uh, claim special benefits, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Yeah, it's never uh, someone 130 years old who was born in London mm-hmm. or in the, you know New York City. Or it's, it's always someone found in a jungle or in uh, a struggling economically struggling country where the records are not well kept and yeah always in the slums or in the yeah the back garden government has turned over five or six times so there's no no official birth certificate but her her claim for the oldest remaining well oldest person in the world came too late it came too late to confirm the satisfaction of the international bodies measuring world records so obviously she's not going to get into the world record for the oldest person ever no but now that torch has been passed on to uh, Edna Parker, United States, at 114 years. See, so, you now, 114 years, she's from a generation that's still respectful and all. But let's fast forward like 100 years from now, and you get in the year 2000, well, let's say 2150. So Guinness is out there going, and they get some uh, girl who's about 10 years now, 10 years, 15 years old now. She's kind of um, kind of a punk you know, yeah. like just a snot-nosed kid and like a wannabe city kid. When the pe- torch gets passed to her, I wonder if she'll sit there and be like, "Yeah, bitch, who's the oldest now?" Like, <laughs> I just, you know, they didn't talk like that back in 1900. But if you take like the kids growing up now and and so that little snot-nosed like hooch down the street, you know, one day she'll be the 117 year old oldest woman in the world. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I had kid. my. Net zero account, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> you don't remember when the internet cost money. I don't know. Yeah, I'll pop a cap in your house any day, boy. That's right. I did. We attribute it to her meth addiction and use of uh, primitive narcotics in the early 21st century. Yeah, she's she's popped her clogs now, so poor old glass, <laughs> she's gone. Move on to another story, my last story. Okay. Have you ever heard of angel knee pillows? I don't think so. No? Right, let me send you this link through. Kneeling bench keeps... Oh, look at that. How awesome are they? They are. Little knee pads for your knees, bringing Japanese men to their knees so they don't 
tittle on their seats. <laughs> so you're, you're a lot closer to the bowl, so you don't have, uh, pee on the seat. Yeah, so basically, for those who can't see the link yet, rather than stand at a urinal, or stand and relieve yourself into a toilet from a height significantly above the toilet seat, you can kneel and be right at right at bowl level. That's bizarre, though. Who's got a urinal in their bathroom, though? Naturally, the ladies are PO'd, and when a Japanese woman is confronted with a messy bathroom, you can bet, wink, wink, you're in trouble. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, this product just sells itself. Yeah, they're crazy fools. And the stools actually look like little toilets as well. And they show the different arrangements you can use. <laughs> They've sold only 280 so far, and a lot of people consider that to be 280 far too many. Yep. It's documented science. According to the manufacturer, urinating from a certain height results in hundreds of droplets of spray and splash being ejected from the toilet bowl. Yes, they actually counted the droplets. Imagine scientists standing around guys peeing with their little clipboards and their clicky little pens, standing around going... Hmm, counting all the droplets and measuring and they've got uh, pipettes and air testers, seeing what's going on. According to this other link it sends you to, a well-publicized 2007 survey by electronics and toilet seat maker Panasonic. Oh, I didn't know they made... Uh, oh, boy, look at that. That's a bad spelling. It's supposed to be electronics. Oh, I'm already suspect of this. Uh, <laughs> poor editing. A well-publicized 2007 survey by Electronics and toilet seat maker Panasonic suggested that 51% of Japanese men between the ages of 30 and 60 now pee sitting down. That figure is up from 15% in 1999 and 30% in 2004. Ooh, I wonder if that's a trend. Someday every man will be sitting down. Yeah, I've only peed sitting down when I've got a dirty big hangover or I'm very, very drunk. And I know I'm not going to survive, and I'm going to end up doing it in the sink and the bath at the same time, so I'd rather Panasonic, cut, cut my losses. Panas oh, well, your reason is a valid one, I think. But Panasonic explains that the chief reason for the trend is that if men sit down to pee, the amount of urine splash is greatly reduced. So they're keeping the... To I doubt that that's their reason. They're sitting there going, well, you know, I need to uh, reduce the backsplash, so... But they, they've come up with so many cool ideas. You've seen these, um, the toilet bowls, the actual seat that spins around and cleans itself. Yeah. The motorized one. What's the matter with that? They're awesome. I reckon they should be in every house. Ooh, I'm cringing as I read this. If a man... It all depends on where you aim in the bowl. If a man aims at the pool of water in the middle of the toilet bowl, splash from 400 milliliters of urine is only 85 drops. Mm -hmm. If you aim for the back of the bowl, the figure jumps to almost three times the value, 207 drops. Wow. And a shot at the front of the bowl, you get a flood of 311 drops. That's 311 drops of urine water cocktail flying out of the bowl with every pee. This is a little sensationalist here. What is, where's <laughs> this from? So the lesson here is go for the water. Yeah, aim for the center. Here are the other articles by Eden Corkle in this publication. Headline, Office Workers Out in Front in Demand for Men's Bras. Toilet Trend Gets Political Correctness Down to a P. 
A rose by any other name is still an alien species. Oh my god. Sniffle sneeze. And why is all that cedar pollen still in the air? And probably his hardest hitting story Fire Devastates Hakodet. I can't pronounce it. H A K O D A T E. Dalai Lama on the run. Leftist protest. Narita Airport expansion. My god. Something tells me this is not a. <laughs> oh, he covered the snow sculpting show in Sapporo. Oh, good job. They didn't combine the two then. You know, That's right. Yellow sculptures. Something tells me he's not the uh, <laughs> big investigative journalist. Well, sometimes it's very hard just to hit the water as well. Sometimes you just don't have any control whatsoever of what happens down there sometimes. Have you ever seen the urinals? You know, they put the little cake in there to keep it all fresh and ice, but sometimes they have like a little target on them. Yes, yes. So my, my son loves those. Like, can we go to the place with the targets? <laughs> we're going to go to the bathroom wherever we're going to go to the bathroom. We're not going to... Excuse me, sir. Do you have targets on your urinals? <laughs> do you guys have bee days? Uh, no. No? No. Very fact, it took me a minute to think of what they were. No. Bidets, as some yeah. people call them. I call them bee days anyway, sir. Do you have them? No, no. My uncle used to have one in his house. And I always used to go there and, what the hell's that? And, you know, play with the taps and this fountain came up. And it looked like a water <laughs> feature. I was like, oh, look at that. I was too young to actually reach and to actually clean my bottom with it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you clean your bottom in a, in a B-Day then? I, was like, oh, I don't even know if I want to go down this road, but... I don't know. I always assumed it was like having a shower from the other direction. Yeah. Obviously, you know, do you... Put a flannel down there? Do you have a special flannel? Or do you use your hand? Or do you use the... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no either. I'm backing out of this. There's nothing to see right. here. I'm putting the police tape around this. There you go. Well, then we'll, we'll move on from there. Cushion your knees from in the future. So you had uh, you have a website, you said? Yes. It might come in handy for other people doing their podcasts and what have you. Uh, let me send you the link as well. I don't think that's it, is it? It's kind of short. No, that's it. Free dom- domain name registration? Yeah, that's it. Oh. Now this, you can use this to shorten any website that you've come up with. Obviously, um, let's give the example of Podbean. Now you end up, you have to choose your the name of your site, and then you have to do .podbean.com, don't you? Right. Now, if you can't afford to get a, a .com or .co.uk or .org or anything like that, then you can go to this and you can sign up. It's totally free, and you can. It's basically using this as a redirectory. Oh, okay. And so you can put in. We could put apotheosis or www.apotheosis.co.cc, and then that'll be it. your that'll be your domain name. I see what you mean. So it's, it's a nice way of shortening things down instead of having the dot popping, blah, 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 blah. So if you want something snappy and nice and cheerful, so people can use this. And it's free? It works uh, indefinitely for... Yeah, it's free and it's it's working on one of my sites at the moment, so... Okay, up to two. You get two of them for free. I got it. Yeah. I thought, thought it was quite a, quite a neat idea. Oh, it is. It sounds cool. If you have your stuff at Podbean... And then you decide you don't want to have it there anymore. You bring it somewhere else. You just change in this uh, setup here where it links to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but people still do the same thing. That's I got it. Pretty cool. It's the non-expensive way of getting a, a 
.co .whatever. But you will yeah. have to put .co .cc in there. But it's it's a nice easy way if you if sometimes people you can't get the the domain name that you really want. So it's a nice cheap easy way of doing it that way. Yeah, no, that makes sense because a lot of times you have to compromise, and this way, yeah, you can have something that sends you right there. That's pretty cool. There you go. Ta-da! I like it. Oh, look, though, they already have squatters. Did you see that? Oh, no. You know, you can buy um, halloween.co.cc for $79. Oh. msn.co.cc. Like, so people already are, like, claiming them and then reselling them. You can buy cock.co.cc for $69. Oh, what a witty price. Exactly, yeah. I always have to laugh when you see the uh, websites for movies. So it's like Iron Man... The sequel movie.com is like the an official one, so you know people had Iron Man 2, Iron Man the sequel. Yeah, second Iron Man movie. Yeah. yeah. Land of the Lost. The movie about Land of the Lost TV show.com. <laughs> so I have a, a bit of a quiz for you here, Elton. It's about 10 common movie misquotes. So I'm going to ask you uh, two versions of a famous movie line and ask you which one is the real line. It comes from a poll conducted by lovefilm.com. At the moment, I don't see a link for it, but I'll see if I can find one to put in the show notes. Okay. So for example, the number one misquoted thing comes from Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he says, no. I am your father. Which one of those is the famous set of five words actually spoken by Darth Vader? That's no, I am your father. That's right. That one's too easy. You know, they're all going to be easy now that I think about it because you're going to go with what you know and then you're going to say to me, (laughs) the weird one is uh, not right. So I'm going to ask you, I'll give you this. In the uh, Disney movie Snow White, People think Snow White says, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Ooh. That's not actually the line. And I'll give you a hint. The mix-up's at the beginning. So what do you think the correct phrasing is? Um, Does she just say mirror instead of mirror, mirror? She says magic mirror. Ah. Magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? There's a couple others that... We won't have to go into, but... Go on, hit me with some more. Go on. All right, Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter talks to Clarice. Yes. People think he says, Hello, Clarice. What does he actually say? Something similar. I have no idea. Is it good day? Oh, close. Good evening, Clarice. Ah. All right. Beam me up, Scotty. Is never uttered in a Star Trek film. Never. That phrase is never said by James Kirk. Isn't it, uh, Scotty, beam me up? Close. Scotty, beam us up. Very I'll beam good. us up. Very good. I'm impressed. Yeah. The other ones, it would be tough for you to come up with what they are. There's uh, Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry. He does not say, do you feel lucky, punk? Are you feeling lucky, punk? Uh, actually, the question is, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Oh. Well, do you, punk? Casablanca, it's never said, play it again, Sam. It's play it, Sam. Yeah. Play as time goes by. I knew it wasn't play it again, Sam. Definitely. But I didn't know what 
It really was. In the movie Field of Dreams, people think, if you build it, they will come, is an actual line in the movie. It's not. Oh, I don't know. It's So, if you build it, they will come, is not in the yeah. movie. No, if you build it, isn't even part of the phrase. So, basically, what's the guy, does Darth Vader's voice? I can't think of his name. James Earl Jones. Yeah. So, basically, James Earl Jones says, Ray something. He doesn't say, if you build it, they will come, but he says something that has the same meaning. Does he just say, build it? He says, people will come, Ray. People will come. He's done almost the whole list. Uh, Gone with the Wind, Frankly Scarlet, I Don't Give a Damn. Is it Frankly Ma'am? I'm listening to it now. It was exactly that line. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, Frankly... Oh my Frankie god. my dear. Which, of course, is the title of this clip on YouTube. <laughs> so, this entire <laughs> time I've been listening, I could have just read it. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. All right, well. See, nowadays it'll be, frankly, Chuck, I don't give a toss. Yeah. I'm reading the comments on this uh, YouTube site here. So, one person says, spoken like a true player. <laughs> and then someone put, uh, Probably the best line in all of cinema. Clearly a typo. So then the next person has to put, what the fuck does probably mean? (laughs) And the next person says, are you an idiot? Probably means like possibly or maybe. And then the next person feels the need to go, probably means probably. He just typed it wrong. It's like six comments over the course of 18 hours (laughs) responding to one typo. (laughs) <laughs> alright and then uh, we have some long overdue feedback that we wanted to acknowledge and uh, I guess we'll close out the show with uh, a response to comments from Boz one of the hosts of Here Goes Nothing yeah that's right now that we got it bow down to him and say very sorry Scott it lost it behind his sofa really? oh, well yeah I wasn't going to go that direction but you're right <laughs> <laughs> I was going to blame it on the fact that you didn't get the uh, new mixer until just recently. But yes, it's true. Boz had sent this feedback back before Easter, or I think it was Easter Monday I, it arrived. Um, but I misplaced it, and it sat and sat, and finally I was prodded to take a look. And yes, I apologize. I should have had it. But we do have it here, and uh, we'll play it for you now, this fine audio comment, and then uh, we'll respond. Hello, you fantastic bombast fellas. Um, I thought it was about time I sent you an audio comment. I seem to seems to be my way. Sorry if this is a bit echoey. Um, I've just realised that. It's probably not the best room to record in. Um, I have enjoyed your show very much from the outset. And uh, I, like, I like the course it's taking. Um, I have felt quite prompted to uh, <laughs> to make a comment on this week's because you may have known from listening to my stuff that I'm a big fan of Guitar Hero, and you just trashed it! <laughs> so, I'm going to defend the Guitar Hero people. Um, now, you, you are right, it's probably a, a much more mind-expanding and constructive thing to do to actually pick up a real guitar and learn to play a real guitar, but there is a very specific niche for which these games are awesome. Um, incidentally, I saw the ar- there's an arcade version of Guitar Hero, which has got like some songs that mine hasn't got, so I'm wondering now if rather than buying the next Guitar Hero game, 
for my Wii, I should probably just buy the actual arcade machine. <laughs> I think that would be kind of cool. Um, anyway, I digress. I am what's known as a frustrated musician, okay? Um, I used to pretend to be a drummer until I found out how bad at it I was. Um, and have tried my hand at piano um, and various other bits and bobs, one of which being guitar. And uh, I had quite a few lessons from somebody extremely talented as a guitarist. Um, I've mentioned him before on our show. Um, he He's an instrumental guitarist, the likes of sort of Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, and that kind of quality as well. And he gave me quite a few lessons. But I think with guitar, you've either got the guitar gene or you haven't. And you're either going to shred it or you're going to be a bit crap. And I think it's very difficult to break that unless you're extremely devoted and dedicated, which I am not. Um, so I did practice a lot and I just never seemed to get any better and sort of out of frustration stopped doing it. When Guitar Hero came along, I could play the songs that I always wanted eventually to be able to play and I could pretend I was playing guitar and all I had to do was have a good sense of rhythm, which thankfully I kind of have. <laughs> it's not band accurate for a drummer, good sense of rhythm, but it's better than being completely wrong. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoy it I, and I don't try and play it at expert level and all this kind of thing, I just find it a level that's challenging enough that I enjoy and... I can do the, you know, shut all the curtains and do all the, like, the movements with it. I don't go as far as sliding across the limb room on my knees um, or trying to play it behind the back of my head. But I do, you know, I bop up and down and I bang my head at the appropriate points and I show off a bit with the whammy bar and then screw up the bit I'm on. Um, so Guitar Hero has its place in society and it is for the frustrated musicians who are crap, they know they're crap, and it's just a way for them to pretend that they can play something. So, um, there you go. I hope I've defended it. Um, I love what you guys are doing. Um, there's probably, like, <laughs> if I went back and listened to all the other shows, I could probably comment on something from each one, but I thought, this, this is the one that's going to make me do it. So, there we are. Um, hope that's helpful, and uh, keep it up, guys. You're doing great work. Cheers. Bye. The funny thing in listening to that was... <laughs> I was trying to look back and see what episode he was talking about. So I was looking at our show notes. And of course, having the brain of a squirrel, I was like, ooh, Transformers. Click. So I clicked on another link. Then it's like, I'll look at that later. And in the background, right around the time he was defending himself, the sound of a giant explosion came up through my headphones. And I was convinced, not knowing I had opened the site, that you were just like, killing the call that that was your rebuttal like all right i've had enough <laughs> and that's what i think about that and it took me a good uh, minute or so to realize actually it was the voice of optimus prime that made me realize this isn't part of the the show this is uh something going on in the background no i think he's got a, a good point to be honest frustrated guitarists did i i didn't really bad mouth in that match did i no, I was trying to remember the actual conversation. Was that back when we were talking about uh, Guzex and some of the other video games? Or was that a world record thing maybe we were talking about? <laughs> well, I'm sure at the time he figured, oh, they'll know what this is about because it, it's very timely. It's my fault that it's in response to something. Yeah, he was perfectly timed. Yeah. But I, I do think uh, you're right. He's right, too. That Guitar Hero is uh, definitely got a home for people who just can't pick up guitar and play the way they want to. Guitar Hero is actually very bloody hard. I've tried it a couple of times and 
I haven't got the rhythm to actually play either drums. See, I or... would say that's what it is. It's rhythm. It's like playing guitar with your drum skills. Yeah. Getting the beat and the patterns and stuff. Green, green, yellow, yellow, green, green. It's red, very hard. Blue, I, red, I've tried blue. it a couple of times. I, I just can't. I get to a certain point and I'm like, okay, right, I've got a nice little flow going on here. And then all of a sudden, all the crowd go, mm, and then you're out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, bloody, screw this. I'd rather go back to my own one. But I can understand from his point of view, frustrated guitarists who haven't got the patience or the natural skill to go into it. And I think I had more patience to get into guitar than natural skill. So mm-hmm. I, I literally just sat down and, okay, right, I'm going to teach myself this. I'm going to teach myself that. And I plodded through it and, you know, I've got pretty good over the over the years, but it's taken me quite a long time to get here. Yeah, I, I think if you have that commitment, just probably like anything, it's, if you have that commitment to it, you can get to be very good. Yeah. Well, in response to it, I'm going to slap him around the face with a, a three-inch floppy disk and challenge him to a duel and see if he comes a-knocking. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. And as someone on the periphery there, that none of that was really directed at me because I didn't bash uh, or comment on Guitar Hero in, in general. No, that's right. I'm, I'm going to direct him to watch the South Park episode, which parodies the Guitar Hero phenomenon. And I'll, I'll uh, look to talk to him about that either on Twitter or on his website or in a future podcast. Yeah. On that note, it's probably best to end the show. Let, let's get ourselves out of here. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, it was good talking with you as usual. And we look forward to talking to you guys again as a group. Send us some email. Hit us up on Twitter. We got the Facebook uh, page. Become our fan. Yes, I actually haven't. I'm not a uh, Facebook member, but I've heard it's it's got quite a following. It's it's growing. I'm actually a fan of it, so you know we would need more followers on there so I can pull myself off of there because that's that's not good having me on there as my own fan. Woo-hoo. People could turn that around though and say he's not even a fan of himself. It must really suck. Even he hates it. Yeah, could do. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'll stay on this. Let us know if any of the links don't work. Hopefully, everything's good and helpful, and we'll talk to you guys in another week. Okay, see you later, guys. All right, bye.